Connecting Indigenous musicians and artists to the world. Welcome to Indigenous Superstars with your host, Rhonda Hand. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the, the show tonight to Indigenous Superstars. I'm your host, Rhonda Head, and I'm uh, coming to you live from Begetti, Manitoba, the heart of Opasquiac Cree Nation. And we're streaming live on Facebook, on my Facebook channels, my fan page, my regular page, my Indigenous Superstar fan page, and the group page, Indigenous Superstars, as well as my YouTube channel, and on my Twitter. And I just want to wish everybody a happy new year. You had a lot of wonderful holidays. I'm just currently waiting for my guest to, to pop on the show. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for him to, to get on, on into the studio, I just want to make an announcement that I want to thank the Manitoba government for granting me the stay-at-home grant for the show Indigenous Superstars. And I had the privilege of interviewing 53 amazing Indigenous musicians. And some of them didn't get onto the on, onto the YouTube channel or the other podcast because it's also a, a podcast. So I'm going to be re-interviewing some of the some of the artists that I haven't put on YouTube and on the on the podcast. Hello, Kim. How are you doing? Welcome. Thank you for tuning in this evening. And I also want to make the announcement that I'm expanding the show. I'm going to be starting to interview people from the Powell Trail because there's there's lots of superstars in the Powell Trail. Uh, it's not only uh, an athletic; it, it could be an Olympic sport that uh, the Powell dancing because it, it takes so much energy and training, as well as the singing too, and and also the MCs. So I'm going to be expanding into the, into that world, the Powell Circle world, and it's so exciting and, and uh, it's such a beautiful way of life. So I'll be in, in interviewing MCs, Powell dancers from different categories, from the men's and the women's. I'll be starting to contact drum groups to interview interview them, as well as round dance singers. And next week, I, I have uh, an uh, amazing fashion designer. So I'm also moving into the indigenous fashion arena. So I'm pretty excited about that, as well as I'm, I'm going to be interviewing people who are artisans. So anyone that that uh, has any contacts for me that that I haven't heard of, that especially uh, artisans and um, musicians, that, that, that just call me, and I'll be happy to interview them. It's it's a uh, Indigenous Superstars is, exp is expanding, and I'm really excited to to be interviewing our our superstars and in, in the indigenous community. So our guest has showed up and tonight we're gonna be tonight I'm gonna be interviewing world renowned Paolo announcer Ruben Littlehead. He's he's announced in hundreds of Paolos right across Canada and the United States and and he's one of the I think he's one of the best and I'm really excited to to interview him 
to be interviewing one of the first uh, Apollo MCs, and, and he is one of the best, uh, Ruben Littlehead. So I'm going to bring him on screen right now. He do, he really doesn't need an introduction, so I'll just I'll wait till he uh, he's uh, ready to go. So I'll just read a little bit of, about. Oh, there he's here. There he is. Okay, I'm going to bring him on screen, and then we're going to go get into our conversation. Hey, Ruben. Hello, hello, good evening. How's it going? Hey, I sorry I'm late. Or That's okay. That's okay. Oh, Kim Patterson said she's excited you're on because you, you're from Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, so is that where you are right now in Lawrence? Yes, I'm in Lawrence, Kansas, coming to you live from Lawrence, Kansas, USA. And... Um, you know, uh, since our since I said USA, I, I'll give a quick plug for the uh, USA hockey team real quick, and that'll be the only time I'll say it throughout this interview. But uh, <laughs> they played really well last night. I, I, I agree with did. you. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Canada last night, but oh well. USA uh, won. All I could say is congratulations. <laughs> I know, right? I, I like to tease a lot of my, my Canada friends and relatives and stuff, and because you know Canada's big up in our hockey's big in Canada, eh? and um, oh yes, definitely. And, uh, but but to have uh, but to have the 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 Americans win the gold, I know. I I, I just like to tease and kind of rub it in a little. <laughs> bit more, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy they won. I, I, after the first period, I stopped watching because it, it wasn't a real hockey game for me. After that. I, it wasn't even a heartbreak game. They just they totally lost, and USA deserved to win. They played a good game. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Oh, Alexa Amo says, Ruben, I'm in Emporia-ish. Let's connect. I'd love to collaborate. Oh, so who's that? Alexa Amo. Alexa Amo, right on. Yeah, Emporia is uh, close to me, uh, like an hour and a half maybe. Hour and a half, two hours, maybe somewhere in there. It's close, but yeah, I exactly know where that's at. Thank you. Right on. I live right here in Lawrence. Cool. So I'm going to ask you a um, whole bunch of questions. Sure. On Kim's, yeah. Kim Kim's in Wichita. So the audience is getting involved in the conversation too. So if they have uh, questions, just uh, fire them away, and I'll know. Fire away. Know. That's what we're here for, man. I'm glad to be on, Rhonda. Yeah, Good to see you. And I'm uh, glad I could uh, glad I could return the favor back to you. At the same time, I know I've called upon you uh, once or twice to to sing, to share your music, to put you on the spot in, in Sioux, uh, what's that, Sioux Falls? Yeah, yeah. Sioux Empire Falls. <laughs> on the spot, but, but you stopped everybody in their tracks, though, you know. I mean, you stopped everybody. I don't think especially in the lower 48 to hear an opera singer like that. And when you started singing, man, it just people stopped what they were doing. And, and, um, but I wanted to share your, your medicine, you know, I wanted to share your gift with the people down here. So, but I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on, like I said, Rhonda, so fire away whenever you're ready. Yeah. Anytime you want me to sing just too. And when, when uh, COVID's over and the Apollo trail opens again, just let me know and I'll, be honored to sing for, for our people again. Uh, who? Yes. 
Felipe Rosa, who Felipe is from, you know Felipe, he's from the village people, or the formerly from the village people. He's, he, he was part of that group. The village so, people. Okay, Pardon me? Oh, I thought she was talking about the village people at Piapot Traditional Power about 10 years ago. No, the group, the, the band, the band, the village people, you know, YMCA. Felipe is formerly from the group. Yeah, so he's he's a pretty oh. awesome uh, uh, He's really, well, really involved in, uh, in the um, music industry, and he's a big supporter. Well, he's indigenous as well, and he's a big supporter of us. Indigenous Good. musicians, yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna get uh, get down to the question. So, so what ins inspired you to become a Powell MC? Ooh, well, my grandpa was a longtime MC for our tribe back home in Lame Deer, Montana. Uh, that's my grandma's brother, and uh, that's my dad's mom's brother, my dad's uncle. And his name was Kenneth Bertusk. And um, he uh, was a uh, Korean War veteran. He was um, a member of our tribal council for years. And then he was our, our home MC announcer back home. He really didn't travel too much out of, you know, out of state or anywhere. But I grew up listening to him a lot. And then... Um, and then I guess just having natural Indian humor and kind of having natural uh, experiences, you know, traveling with the drum group and then traveling with, you know, uh, as a dancer. And then when you travel a lot, you, you hear a lot of different MCs and sometimes um, you, you kind of, uh, while with me, I always knew that I could add my own flavor, my own style. It would be cool if the MC did this. It would be cool if the MC did that. And and um, you know, I, when I fell into it and I got the chance to actually be on the mic, I I I implemented those ideas that I had for years, and um, it just kind of went with it, you know. And I and I I I, I love what I do, and it was uh, it was kind of natural for me, I guess. Well, you do a great job, that's for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask, uh, did you have any mentors while you were becoming an MC? You know, probably, uh, you know, even though he passed on before that I could, before he could ever hear me MC, and and I owe a lot to, to my late grandpa, Kenneth Bertusk, you know, just by listening to him when I was at a young age. Um there was also another local back home named uh, Happy Herb, Happy Herb Bearchum. He was another local MC. Um, but you know, growing up, um, I mean, and then at a younger age, when you know you travel with a drum group in place, you you hear different styles, you know. And um, but I, I looked up to um, my grandpa Kenneth Bearchum a lot, and uh, you know, with combining his Cheyenne language and um, Cause like he he could be on the mic talking Cheyenne, you know, early in the morning at our powwow, and my grandma, my dad, my aunts, um, all fluent speakers, and they would be at camp and and uh, you know he, they would be doing something cooking or whatever, and then my grandpa would be talking over the mic and Cheyenne, and pretty soon they just bust out laughing, they just bust up laughing because 
you know, it, it was what he said in Cheyenne. And even though I really didn't understand, I couldn't really, you know, catch on. I didn't, you know, understand, but I could see the power of, of the language. And that also inspired me to learn more my language too, to take it more serious and to learn more. That's awesome. So you have a really good, uh, like a radio voice. So when did you discover you had a, a, a really good voice plus your own voice inside of your heart? Like when did you discover that? Oh man, that's a good question, Rhonda. Um, uh, you know, when I was going to school at Haskell, I, I came to uh, Lawrence, Kansas in, 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 uh, in the late nineties. And I, I came to school down here to play basketball for the university here in Lawrence, Kansas. And I'm not originally from Kansas, you know, I'm originally from Montana, Northern Cheyenne reservation in lame deer, uh, tongue river, Ashland, Montana. But w when I came here to Kansas, um, I, I started kind of powwowing again, man. I started, uh, um, I met, you know, my kids' mom here, Matilda, and she beat it, uh, she beat it out for, for me, you know, got me back dancing in the circle. And then I started singing with, uh, a group Thundershield. And then, uh, and then later with the tribe right out here, Lawrence, <clears throat> with the tribe, we, we traveled a lot and recorded some CDs and stuff. And, but, um, prior to that, Rhonda, I, I would MC the basketball games. So I, I played for two years and then I went and played a year at St. Mary. So when I came back and after I played my college years of basketball, probably around 2001, 2002, 2003, maybe 2003, 2000, yeah, somewhere around that era, I, I started announcing for the basketball games at Haskell, um, including the, the lineup. And then play-by-play, play, you know, timeout, um, Haskell, you know, possession Haskell. And kind of just hype up the crowd a little bit, you know, kind of get it going. And the starting line was, was my thing. You know, I love to do that. And then um, we did, like, flag song. You know, we did things like that. And um, there's a gentleman by the name of Bruce Martin. And, and he was he was here in Lawrence. And he, he was involved with the Indian Center in Lawrence. And Lawrence would do these little one-day one day powwows, you know, these little one-dayers, these little conference powwows and stuff. And and so he asked me to come and MC one time. And um, and I said, yeah, man, you know, that that was my fun. That, that, that would be fun. And so so I did that for, I don't know, three or four powwows. And my grandma back home, my dad's mom, my her name was Bertha. She just recently passed away this past year. Um, her name was Bertha, Bertha, Bertha Freeman. And, and she, she said, well, you know, um, you should come home and, and go through protocol. You should, you should come home and have ceremony done, you know, before you really start announcing and talking before people and stuff like that. So she encouraged me to come home. And, um, and then one of my mentors back home, his, his name is uh, Lee Lone Bear. Uh, he, he was one of my mentors as far as ceremony wise and teaching me different things. And, uh, he took me through, uh, some ceremony and, um, our sacred hat keeper then was Douglas spotted Eagle. And he was also, uh, instrumental in, in my, um, you know, in, in, in the rite of passage, I guess you could say. 
And then, um, and then uh, another, another gentleman, those two gentlemen have passed on now, but there's another gentleman that uh, he's kind of my cousin brother, kind of cousin, big brother. His name is Philip Whiteman Jr. And he's, he's still alive back home. And, 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 you know, Rhonda, this, this interview was supposed to be on the road and uh, we were supposed to get on the road here this afternoon. And, I was thinking that we might be in Sioux Falls or Sioux City, somewhere up that way, and I would pull over somewhere and, and you know, get some good lighting and get online, some Wi-Fi somewhere, and, and do this interview with you because we're actually on our way to join up with Philip Whiteman Jr. and his wife, Lynette Tubles. Um, we do uh, – our tribe does an annual commemorative run uh, every year this time in January – and it's to commemorate our ancestors that broke out of Fort Robinson uh, in 1879. Our Cheyenne people, uh, 300 of us broke out. Um, well, actually, 300 escaped back home from Oklahoma, but there was only about 150, 155 that broke out of Fort Robinson. Um, and on January 9th is the actual breakout, and we we make the 400-mile trek back home to Lame Deer. So anyway, we're on our way home for that, um, but we're not going to leave for the morning now because uh, it got too late. I got too tired, and I ate a big old dinner, man, and I got too full. And I actually was laying down. I was laying down, and I told my boys to wake me up about eight eight forty because I got to do this or seven forty because I got to do this interview. And um, man, I was out. I was I ate too much. <laughs> anyway, man, I, I I forget where I'm at now. So. So uh, that's kind of the the the, the, the beginning. It, it happened here at Haskell. It happened at, at uh, while attending school. Well, thank you for sharing that and, and your history too. Thank you for sharing the history with mm-hmm. us. It's really important that we hear the stories from all the tribes across North America. Like we all have our own stories, right? And thank you for sharing that with us. Yep. Yeah. So which which brings me to another question. About, I know you, you're a motivational speaker for the youth. Yep. And what would, what kind of advice would you give them about, about shyness? Ooh, man. Rhonda's good. You got some good questions. I like it. I do. I like it, Rhonda. <laughs> um, you know, shyness is, is very common amongst our Indian people. It's very common, and it's it, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Be ashamed of. It's it's uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, you know residential school, boarding school eras because our parents and grandparents they went through a, a period of time where it was it was tough to be Indian. It was tough to be Native. You know, we couldn't speak our language, sing our songs, dance our dances, and it and it was a it was a time where. Uh, you know, governments was trying to trying to erase the native culture. You know, save save the man and kill the Indian. Um, that was the model here in the states. So, I think a degree of that comes from there. I think a, a, a degree comes from you know in the forties, maybe the fifties. I know in the nineteen fifties, alcohol really hit our reservation. Alcohol hit our reservation hard, and when it hit, it hit. It it it, it really destroyed a lot of um, um, self-esteem, self-identity, 
it it really it really took a toll on um on just who we were as Indian people, you know, and it was it was tough, it was hard. So when the generations, you know, you know, kind of move along, so like my generation and then now my kids' generation, uh, they're starting to get more stronger. They're starting to kind of find their voice, kind of find their identity. But yet there are still a lot that are shy. Now, to answer this question, I think it would be very instrumental for every Native, Native kid, boys and girls, to really learn their tribal history. Learn their tribal histories and learn what, what their ancestors had to go through to be where we're at today. So in some of my motivational speaking, um, I always, you know, talk uh, about, you know, the young ones, you know, uh, think back, you know, before you were born, what your parents and grandparents went through. And then, and then where do you see yourself as a parent or grandparent down the future? What do you want your children or grandchildren to know if you do plan on having children? But what, what do you know now that you wish you could learn? So you make, you try to get the, the boys and girls to think a little bit. And with me, when I learned a lot more of my, my tribal history and other tribes' history, just like you said, other First Nations history, and you really appreciate what was retained, what was saved, and then what was passed down. And then so with that, hopefully the boys and girls will, 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 will gain an inner strength and kind of like that fire inside them so that they're not so shy no more because if they don't speak up, nobody else will. If if they don't if they don't have a voice or overcome that shyness, then they're just gonna get pushed in the back and they're gonna be forgotten, they're not gonna be counted. And that's not what we want. We want our children to thrive. We want our children to have a voice, to be heard, to be strong, to be confident. And 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 to build that confidence, that's a, it's really tough, Rhonda. And there's a select few people that can do it. I try to do it. Maybe I maybe I'm successful. Maybe I'm not. But the thing is, is I try and and I keep hope. I, I keep hope that I'm hopefully reaching some people, some kids. Yes, that's very true. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you've been to you you've emceed so many powwows across Indian country, across Canada, across the United States. So, what are the, some of the things that an MC needs to know? to MC Apollo? Man, that's good. That's a really good question, Rhonda, man. And I, I actually thought about this a while back when a lot of younger MCs are, are coming up. And a lot of it is kind of um, inspired by, you know, other MCs. You know, I, I like to think that I inspire a lot of younger MCs, you know, and, and then I, I look at, a lot of these younger MCs coming up, you know, and they 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 wanna they wanna rock a beaded vest and, and a top hat, and they wanna put a plume in their hat, you know. Even some of the older MCs are kind of kind of I don't know, but, and it's about inspiration. However, um, there has to be some kind of teaching behind it because if not, like what was told to me is when when you have that mic. When you have it, and, and, and even though it's in a social setting, you know, or there there are some ceremonial parts during a powwow, like a name giving, or or if you're speaking for a special, or a, or a um, you know initiation, or a, 
a name giving memorial. You know, there's there's certain protocols. There's certain things you do before, after, and during. There's certain um, there's certain tr- uh, teachings that that I, uh, an MC, young or old, should know. And and you know, there's always eyes watching a person. There's always eyes watching an MC, what they do, what they say. Um, and then you got to be cognitive. You got to be aware of your audience. You got to kind of know when to tease about drinking jokes. You got to be know, you got to know when to tease about um, Indian, Indian versus white, you know, who's in the crowd. You got to gauge your audience. You have to... Uh, and then you, you got to do your research. You got to do your homework. If, if you're, if I'm asked to come to, to Onion Lake, if I'm asked to come to um, um, Fort Hall, Idaho, it, you know, if I'm asked to come somewhere, you do your research, do your homework on who you're speaking for, because those home community elders are in that crowd, and they're watching who this guest MC is coming to their lands. So you don't want to come in there and just start um, teasing the wrong way, or I don't know. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say, Rhonda, is is you 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 really got to uh, be aware of what you say and what you do. And then there's a couple MCs that ask me for help. They they've asked me for help, and I'm willing to kind of help them, Rhonda. But at the same time, one of the one of the key things that I, I ask them is to you know always find your style. You know, find find a style of your own. Be original. Um, if if you're gonna borrow or if you're gonna use somebody, you know, credit them. You know, acknowledge them. Maybe gift them something. You know, I mean, that that offering of tobacco. It's 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 really serious to those people that understand that tobacco offering and the acceptance of it, because there's ceremony behind that. Or uh, a blanket or a gift. Or you know something like that, but it, it shows your appreciation of, of knowledge of, of of helping you know, and then um, and then a couple of those younger MCs that I was talking to, um, you know they they didn't they didn't create their own style. They end up mimicking and mirroring uh, uh, somebody else's style, and it really didn't work out as far as what they probably thought it was, and it didn't come across. And I don't know. Um, but all in all, you got to try to inspire because you want to, you want to keep, you want, you want to keep it fresh, but then you also want to keep, keep things going and provide that hope that younger people are going to pick up the torch when it's their turn and keep it going. That's so true. Cause I, I know I've been to, well, I follow the Powell trail too. And when, when I'm not, in the music trail because I dance women's traditional too and me and my sisters have, have uh, gone to a couple of powwows where you were emceeing and I didn't know you at the time but we were listening to you MC, and we were just laughing so much and and then you also knew that the protocol of, of the powwow circle and 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 the dances you, you talk talk to the audience the spectators and and teach them about them about the dances and the, the, the songs. And you, gotta, you you just have to know, there's so much you got to know when you're an MC, right? And, and you right. got to know the people in the Paolo Trail and the Paolo singers and the dancers and 
you got to have a good rapport with the arena director and all the staff. So it, it's lots of work. So I really commend you for the work that you've done. You know, I've been following you and, and you've done such a great job. And and it's a talent to be an, an MC, that's for sure. And you you certainly have that talent. And I want to thank you for for becoming an MC and entertaining us in the Powell, in the Powell Trail. Hi, hi. So you've been MC at one of the world's largest powwows for over 14 years, and you are also one of the youngest to MC that powwow. So how and it's it's uh, like 20,000 people go to that powwow. So how do you prepare for that powwow? Um, gathering of nations, right? Gathering of nations, yep, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right. Thought you were talking about Ashland Labor Day in Ashland, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> That's the smallest, biggest power in the world, man. You ever get a chance to come to our Ashland Labor Day power? It's Labor Day weekend. It's it's real small, but man, it's 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 uh it's it's fun. It's it's one of those. Okay, I'm there. When power trail opens, I'm there. I tell you what, you know what, man, and and um for the longest time I would I would make sure that I would come home for that power or try not to, you know, book book uh, my weekend. And But as years progressed and, of course, Labor Day is a big weekend too, right? So I would, um, I would get, you know, invited and called upon to go to a lot of places. And sure enough, I started going because, you know, duty calls. And, and plus, there are certain power committees that kind of really sweeten the deal too, if, if you know what I mean. They... Um, yeah. Sweeten it up. They make it worthwhile, you know, very worthwhile. So that, that definitely kind of attracts me. But anyway, um, gathering a nation. Oh man, you know, um, you know what, you know what's kind of crazy, Rhonda, is I tell people this, and I've and I've actually been interviewed years ago by Native America calling. Uh, Tara Gatewood, she's uh, she's the host of Native American College down in Albuquerque. Actually, it's in Albuquerque, too. She has a show that she's been running for years. And anyway, that was one of the questions she asked, similar to you, was how do I prepare for gathering? How do I prepare? And, um, oh, man, I said, you know what, man? I'm, I'm just like every other uh, every other Indian dad, every other Indian parent in, in Indian country, you know, scrambling around the last week of trying to uh, – trying to get some beadwork done, trying to get some outfits sewn up, trying to get some shirts made, trying to, uh, trying to get things last minute. And, um, but somehow Friday at noon, it all comes together because gatherings a two day power and it's such a busy power that everything's kind of on a tight schedule from, from 12 noon to, to 12 midnight to Saturday noon to Saturday night. But, um, being the biggest power in the world, and and I've I have traveled a lot, Rhonda. You're right. It 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 it's by far, um, population wise, you know, and how many people attend, um, all the wicked awesome drum groups that show, and you know, sometimes there's like twenty five hundred, three thousand dancers in that in that pit, you know, in that arena. And that, and that's crazy, man. It's 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 huge. So, being an MC, um, how do I prepare for it, man? I, I 
I'm a praying man too, you know, and 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 I pray for a lot of things, and um, I just uh, I thank the Creator because the way that it was told to me, the way that you know, in in ceremony, and you know, in in the lodge that we were in, and 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 some of the teachings from my mentors, as I mentioned earlier, the late Lee Lombert, the late Douglas Spotted Eagle, and then and then currently um, Philip, they we all talk about a gift that we have and, and, and our creator has blessed us with a gift. Like with you, Rhonda, I believe your gift is your voice, your singing, and you're able to, you're able to, to heal people. And, and I, I don't mean to really flip it back on you, but I'm trying to use it as a comparison because certain people have gifts. Uh, there are certain dancers in the arena that when they dance, their, their, their energy, their gift is that, that dance that they do. And there's, there might be somebody in the crowd that is mourning, that, that's confused, that, that's low self-esteem. Maybe they have suicidal thoughts. Maybe they're, maybe they're uh, just really down and out, but they, they see somebody dancing and they, they feel back, their spirit comes back alive again. There are some singers and composers that make songs that are so powerful and beautiful that when people hear it, they it uplifts their spirit, you know. And so, those kind of people, and I, and that's what it was told to me is, you know, if if you have a gift, you use it, you you use it, and you share it. And so, but you also gotta you you gotta feed it, you gotta you gotta pray, and you gotta give gratitude and appreciation. So, I think that emceeing a power of that magnitude. It requires a lot of uh, prayer, and it requires a lot of focus, and it requires a lot of just just being being in the in the element and being being there. Because man, at gatherings, you know, there will be some jokes that I'll make for my family or for my kids here, or whatever, and they'll they'll shake their head and they'll be like, "That's corny, Dad. That I you know scratch that." Crumble that up, put it away. But I'll use that same joke at gathering, and I'll make that place laugh, and it'll just come alive and and feel that energy back. And um, I don't know, man. It's it's probably like Kevin Hart. You know, Kevin Hart puts together some stuff and goes out to this big arena, and you know, and he feels that that laughter from the crowd or that 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 applause. You know, I don't know. It's just it's really a wicked feeling, and. I prepare it by my prayer, my focus, and um, and just keeping true. You know, when when you're when when your spirit's good, you when when you keep yourself healthy and keep yourself good, then 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 that it 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 circulates, reciprocates, and it comes back around. Thank you so much for sharing that. The the Paulo Trail is is a beautiful way of life, and and uh, just the way you explained about it, it just made me. Um, Wish the Apollo Trail was back. Wish uh, COVID was gone. I know. I just miss dancing. I want to. I miss traveling, and I want to. I want to go to as many Apollos as, as I can. I'm getting a new dress made, so I'm just looking forward uh, to the day that, that we can all gather again at Apollo and listen to you. Be an awesome MC that you are, and thank you for sharing your gift with the world. Oh, hi, 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 hi. So with that, do you have any part, parting words? Is that hour up already? Oh, oh, we're just half hour show. Oh, 
35 minutes. Well, we can still talk if you want. No oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of liking looking at my my uh, my big mug on the screen, and I'm thinking, man, my beard is that long? Holy smoke. Okay, well, I have, I have a question. What? Uh, tell me about the beard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, man, that's a good question. And uh, the beard came during COVID, you know, and, and – um, it's actually pre-COVID because I started growing it around this time last year. And um, this part right here could never really grow, this this, this part right here. Well, then I, I just got a shade kind of faded in, like this part right here. So it was always kind of kind of scraggly a little bit right here. And then, I you know, I, I could grow this. And um, this could never come in either, too, this, this kind of, uh, what do you call this, connecting bars or whatever. And then... Um, and then I always had a little goatee, you know, a little facial hair here and there. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if it, you know, if it came with age or drinking more water. I don't know. Um, kind of grew in a little bit. So I, I, decided, <laughs> I, I decided to let it grow a little bit, you know. And then, uh, but anyway, um, COVID came, and and then uh, shutdown came. You know, pandemic came, and. Quarantine time came with everybody, and uh, um, I don't know, man. I was just inside a lot, and and everything got shut down and canceled, so I didn't have to go anywhere. So it, it just kind of grew, man. It kind of took a life of its own, and and um, three or four months later, it started growing long, and I kind of liked it. And I said, oh, I'm going to see how long it can grow. So here we are, one year later, man, and it's 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 a good seven eight inches. So. Yeah, it's pretty long. It's right by your the name Grizzlies there. <laughs> your teacher. <laughs> Grizzly Adams, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> so I, I'm gonna ask you another question. So what what is uh one of your most memorable powwow that you emceed at? Yeah, it was uh, Sioux Empire in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That was Ronda a fun Head. Why was it memorable? Because Rhonda Head showed up and <laughs> and um, I got her to sing on stage. Uh, <laughs> who were you? Who were you with that time? Were you, were you with Lisa? I was with Lisa Meaches and her daughter. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. You were with Lisa. Yeah. And. Um, but but you know on the real though that really is one of my memorable powwows because of the um, just because of, of of how that powwow came to be and how how it was kind of created by Trey Little Guy and Josie um, Josie Bird they 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 had this vision of this powwow and they worked with their with the city of Sioux Falls and they kind of just really did everything on their own you know all their all their funding their fundraising and all their uh, sponsorship and then. Um, putting together a, an all-star uh, head staff. I like to call it all-star because there was some, you know, there was some um, some really good uh, judge, Rini director, you know, and then myself as MC and, and uh, Jerry, Jerry Dearly too, because he's a he's an old vet MC with a lot of knowledge too, you know, Jerry. And he has his own style, and then of course I think it was Rusty Gillette and Joaquin Hamilton and uh, Randy, Randy Paskerman. So that, along with you know the drum, call, I don't know, and then plus it was in December. Remember, it was it was kind of the weekend before Christmas, and 
which is a really good weekend because uh, I don't think anything was going on and and um, everybody was, you know, looking to come up there and hit one more power before the holidays. Um, but anyway, that one's memorable. Um, I have to say Onion Lake too. When I very first went to Onion Lake, I've I've always wanted to go. I've always heard about it. You know, of course, it's way up there in the sticks. And um, but you know, I got asked to MC and and uh, they they brought me up there and we drove and you drive up there through the through the trees and the pines and you you come through the security and you come on out and you see this big old thing out there in the in the, in the sticks and. Um, it was just cool to to uh, to be amongst a lot of the Cree drums that don't really travel down to the 48, you know, down to the states, and they're all a bunch of local singers and local drum groups, and everybody was rocking out. That was a good that was a good power, um, memorable as well as uh, one of the the first few times when I start when I first uh, actually I went to Fort Hall for many years, and Fort Hall was always a really memorable power too because the show band people their hospitality is pretty awesome too. They, they took really good care of me and they took care of me so good that, you know, eventually uh, the late um, Rowanna Stump, she just asked me, you know, that we got this other MC, but we, the committee, didn't, the family, the committee, the elders, they really didn't like, they really didn't like it. You know, they, she just straight up told me this. And this might be some information that I shouldn't be talking about, but I don't care. I'm gonna say it anyway. So, and then they 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 got another MC, and it wasn't really working. So anyway, finally she said, "Well, who do you work with? Who would you recommend to come work with you?" And you know, so I I brought in one of my bros, and it really was all right. And then so I brought in another, and then and then I worked with Howie Howie Thompson. I worked with him a couple of times, and so I brought in Howie, and um, and the community liked him. The community liked him, and 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 Rowanna liked Del, the late Dalbert Farmer liked him, and so Howie and I, we we did Fort Hall, I don't know for like five six years, four or five. You know, we 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 every August we'd go out there and have some fun, and so that was always a mem- mem- memorable power. And then, uh, and then last but not least, like I said, man, my home power, my home power on Lame Deer Fourth of July weekend, Rhonda. I I have a lot of fun there because I can tease a lot of people back home. I can uh, I could speak the language back home and, and you know I could talk in Cheyenne back home. Um, there's a lot of families back home that have big specials, you know, a lot of memorial specials that we have during the day, throughout the day, and it it gives me a lot of honor to speak, especially if it's a memorial special, and I'm back home and I could I could uh, speak for the families and I could speak good words for the person they're honoring. I, it gives me a chance to to be with family, and it gives me a chance to camp. You know, I, I get to travel a lot of places, Rhonda. I get to go places, but when I'm back home in my home powwows, I get to set up my camp, my teepees. I get to set up my shade, and then I get to host. I, I get to host some some visitors. I get to to feed the visitors, and I get to invite them to my camp, and um, and then. Lame Deer is 4th of July weekend, and then on the east side of our reservation where I grew up in Ashland is Labor Day. That little pile I'm talking, telling you about, it's, it's Labor Day weekend. That's our other – that's even smaller than our big pile in July. It's, 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 um, 
It's called uh, Ashland Labor Day Pals. Real small. It's right along the river there. And um, but but we always have a good time too. Right on. Well, thank you for sharing everything that you you shared tonight. I hope uh, the audience got to know a little bit about you and hope you educated them a little bit about the Powell Trail and about being uh, and how it is to be an awesome MC and uh, on your travels. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to say before we end the show? Uh, you know, um, I just want to thank you again, Rhonda, for inviting me on. Um, I hope I answered some questions. And, you know, at the same time, I hope that, you know, I may inspire, encourage, you know, uh, the younger generation to, uh, <clears throat> to, to listen, you know, and to, uh, um, you know, the, the younger generation, we, 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 we're faced with that shyness, like you said earlier, and some, some of the closing remarks that I may have is to really have our younger generation to, um, to, learn as much as they can from the elders that are still here. It's one to read books and to, to look it up on the internet or whatever, you know, because there are some information that stay, but our teachings through oral, oral tradition, oral teachings, them, them stories and the language. Um, a lot of our tribes, we, we, we all have uh, oral, oral history. And the more that, our tribe, our, our First Nations people learn our own, that's going to help create a better choice making down the road. And um, that's one of the things that I'd encourage, just, just encourage the younger generation to learn as much as they can, you know, because um, I know a lot of times that, you know, they always say, learn your language, learn your language. Learn, but, you know, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to learn language. But I would say just learn the stories, learn, learn the stories, learn the songs. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask questions. <clears throat> don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, uh, because First Nations people, you know, native native people, we we have a, we have a very awesome culture. We have a very awesome history, but it, it needs to be shared and learned. Um, that's about it, Rhonda. You know, other than that, just just uh, keep healthy, stay safe, you know, follow the, follow the procedures of, of, uh, cause we're not completely out of this pandemic yet. We're not completely out, wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance until, until it's, you know, safe again, I guess. Yeah. Good advice. Thank you for sharing that again. And I just want to let people know that, um, my next, uh, um, I'm going to continue interviewing people from the Powell circle. My next guest is Marianne Patrick from, Rosso River, Manitoba. She's uh, been involved in the Apollo Trail for a long, long, long time. So I'm looking forward to interviewing her. And also my musical guest is Eagle and Hawk, Vince Fontaine from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Mm. So I want to tell everyone, yeah, he's awesome. So stay safe, stay healthy. Kisagi te neguse. Tune in again next time when Rhonda interviews another up-and-coming Indigenous superstar. Only on Indigenous Superstars.